0: Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting second week of Major League Baseball 2023 on the lighter side of baseball. And oh my goodness gracious, are we off to a great start? Uh, we, again, we are not the Chicago Cubs. Baseball in general is off to a great start. The Cubs, the Royals, the Tigers, the White Sox. Not so much, man. Not so much. And I'll explain in a little while, while I think all of those teams are in deep, deep, deep trouble. The Royals obviously in deep trouble. The White Sox can't stay healthy on the field. They they thought Tony La Russa, and so did I, was the problem. T Bone, you know, T Bone's a problem, but they got rid of him and they've got uh Pedro Grifal. The bench coach from the Kansas City Royals who has absolutely no experience in Major League Baseball or minor league baseball or any baseball—he might have coached his kid in Little League, but he's never managed. You just can't go pick out a guy and make him a manager, Rocco Deli. Anyway, I don't know. And and if I were going to pick a bench coach that had been sitting next to us. Uh, A successful organization it wouldn't be the bench coach for the Kansas City Royals over the since since they went to the World Series two years in a row and won the World Series in 2015 and after that they've had a fire sale going on for eight years that's right I mean come on all the money John Sherman's making yeah yeah you paid a billion dollars for the team go get some talent oh my god okay take your budget of $120 million for your payroll, okay? That's right at the league average, $120 million. It's not quite like the New York Mets, and I'm not saying you have to do that, but $120 million and put $75 to $80 million of your payroll committed to pitching, and 60% of that, committed to your bullpen, okay? And that is a winning recipe. You know, you don't, uh, uh, I should not only have a sponsor and a major listening audience, but I could be a general manager, president, or whatever they're calling them these days. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how to put a baseball team together in this day and age with 120 million bucks, okay? 120 million bucks, I can do it. You can do it. Anybody can do it, but no, we got to outthink ourselves. Now, the, the crazy exception to all of this, and how can you not love the Tampa Bay, formerly Devil Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays today won their 13th game in a row to begin the 2023 campaign. Their magic number has got to be under 100. Oh my God. This is great. I mean, they lead in, they lead in all, every category of hitting, except they're second and average. They leave in home runs, RBIs, runs scored, their run differentials off the charts. And, um, you know, who'd have believed it? I'll go back next week. We're going to have Dwayne Stats, the voice of the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm telling you what, who could have a more timely guest? than me on the lighter side of baseball than the legendary, unbelievable TV announcer, extraordinaire, who should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he isn't. Pat Hughes is going in this year. Okay. I like Pat. Good guy. Good good announcer. But Denny Matthews and oh uh, there's some there's some dogs in the uh, in the broadcast wing of Cooperstown, but one is not Dwayne Stats. Dwayne Stats should be there, should have gotten in before. But uh, you know, he'll he get in. He's young, younger than me, great voice, enthusiastic, doesn't oversell the broadcast. His partner, Brian Anderson, formerly pitched for the Cleveland Indians and maybe some other other teams, he's good. They don't they make it fun, you know? Make it fun. Unlike, oh my god, it just is like going to the dentist and having a root canal when they ran out of it. There's a supply crisis on uh, painkillers, and uh, you'll be having this root canal without any type of uh, medication to kill the pain. That is the feeling I get from listening to John Shrimp Scampy, the Chicago Cubs, announcer. Oh my goodness. Please. Please. Nobody wants to hear what percentage of balls have dribbled past the pitcher in the third inning of the history of Major League Baseball or who in 1865 threw back-to-back six hitters and what the probability is that no. And and Jim Deshays, you know, he is doing a good job of acting like he likes Jim Scampi. So, they're horrible. They're worse than horrible. And the Cubs, right now, amazingly, um, are, are sort of entertaining. They dropped the first series to the Brewers. They shouldn't have. I'll get back to that because that gets back to Jed Hoyer, the head personnel guy. He's no he's promoted himself from the general manager to the president of baseball operations. What a joke. I'm telling you what, he's done nothing. And, and Theo, who's going to get in the Hall of Fame because he broke two hexes, two jinxes, Red Sox, Cubs. Uh, Theo gutted this team. Hoyer took him right up with the task of gutting the team, and he's done a good job of that. And um, not only, but him and and Rossi putting together the twenty six man roster for opening day, oh my, cost them a ball game in the first series. They put um, Bistro Buono or whatever his name is. You play anybody that got in the World Baseball uh, Tournament this year. Somehow seems like they're like they got sprayed with holy water. Uh, before the season started. And that's a reference to Easter. It's no longer Easter. I like that working a little, um, you know, Judeo Christian religion on uh, the show once every five years. Anyway, they leave Velasquez in, in the minor leagues. They leave Simo, Christopher Morell, the only guy with a good, the only guy that's got a good um, nickname, Simo. Uh, Simo didn't do himself any. Favors is the way he put eye shadow on on his eyes. You look like an idiot. I mean, SEMO somebody. There's no leadership, obviously, because anybody, any veteran with the Cubs would have said, "Dude, you know, but you can put that eye shadow, eye shade under your eye, but don't paint yourself like a, a Native American. I was going to say an Indian, but." Don't paint yourself like a guardian. Would that be better? No, they're not Indian. He has these weird little thin things on his face that he paints in with eye shade. The black stuff, you know, that doesn't work, but looks cool. And so, I mean, he had a horrible spring, but at the end, he was he was trending up. And the Cubs should have brought him. He would have caught a ball that... that Mastro Bueno missed, or whatever his name is. And, uh, he, he was not Bueno in the outfield. He was Muy Malo. And the kid, you know, is in the world of baseball playing for Italy, the powerhouse that didn't get out of anything. And, uh, so he comes in and gets a couple of hits. And David Ross goes, This guy's a utility player that we can use because Sukiya, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Um, the Japanese fellow that, that hurt his, his shoulder, uh, say a Suzuki say a later. Um, you know, he worked hard, didn't get to play in the world baseball classic. And now he's on the DL and, uh, they finally got tired of watching the circus in right field, which from what I understand isn't a very easy position to play at Wrigley Field. And they went and got, uh, a Guy out of minor leagues that should have made the team out of out of spring training Velasquez and he promptly hit two home runs in his first game with the Cubs one one being a grand slam to lead the Cubs from a seven nothing deficit yes you can imagine what I was saying in my emails and texts to some of my Cub fan listeners these guys this is what basically what I said this is the worst roster in the history of the Cubs. And that included Mo Dick Drott, and uh, Cal Neiman, and uh, back when Glenn Hobby. Mo. These guys were bad. Although Bobby Thompson was on the Cubs. I saw old baseball, 1958 baseball card. Bobby Thompson was on the Cubs. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants. That, that was the Bobby Thompson that hit a Ralph Branca pitch into the left field bleachers to capture the pennant in a two-out-of-three series against the Bums from Brooklyn and Bobby Thompson went on to be one of the most famous home run hitters ever. Yeah, not in the Hall of Fame, but, you know, took the train. Here's how much it's changed. After he wins the pennant for the Giants with the most dramatic home run ever until maybe Bill Mazeroski in 1960 um, at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh against the Yankees to come back. And uh, hit a walk off, I think, uh, grand slam to win the game. Uh, Bobby Thompsons was the f- most famous, and he's a hero. He gets on the D train from wherever, and uh, goes home on the train, and then goes out and plays a little stick ball with the neighbors. You know that how things have changed from the sh- shenanigans we see in the World Baseball Classic, which is okay in a World Baseball Classic. But Randy Rosarina ought to leave the shenanigans for four years, three years from now when they play the World Baseball Classic again in 2026. But he hits home run. He's great. He's awesome. He's got the best name in baseball right now. Um, but he gets to home plate and he cross, folds his arms. and That's his big sign. And that's the Randy Rosarina, arms crossed. Isn't he cool? Okay. It's not the worst gimmick of all the shenanigans. But, you know, now they're thirteen and zero, and the trap was packed. The trap was sorry out there, folks. I get excited. Here's a team going for a franchise record thirteenth win in a row, record to open the season, and the Tropicana was packed to the hilt with half of the place filled—twenty-one thousand frigging Tampa. St. Pete, Fort Myers, Naples. Where the hell are you people? Go to the ball game. It's the best show in town. It's not Tom Brady or the Tampa Bay, whatever, hockey guys. It's the best show in town in a dingy little sombrero named the Tropicana Field and there were 11,000 people there last night and there were 20,000 people there today. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, please. Really? Please. This is a good team. They're on a roll. They have, they have only 140, 139 games to go to run the table and finish 162 and sixty two and zero. Hey, why not? You know, they won 13 in a row. They go on the road. They're at the uh, another indoor facility that'll be half full up in uh, um, Toronto. And uh, they play the Blue Jays. And then they play somebody else. And somewhere in that week, Dwayne Stats, noted great sportscaster for the Tampa Bay Rays, will be on the team, on the show. Lighter side of baseball. Hey, this is light, isn't it? I mean, I don't have anything to worry about. The Cubs are going to never finish 500. You heard it here. Even though... Hey, you say, hey, wait a minute. Jamie, when we had the show with Craig and you each picked the division winners, you picked the Cubs to win the division. Well, this is a hedge, baby. This is a hedge. It's like FanDuel. They want you to hedge the bet. DraftKings, hedge the bet. Joe Jackson, he didn't hedge the bet. He's paying the price. Well, how can they keep Joe Jackson and Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame when 10% of the Major League Baseball income now is coming from deals they cut with DraftKings? You, you could not believe the advertising around Wrigley Field. It's all DraftKings. You get up on the red line, Draft King. You go downstairs and you walk up to the ballpark. The first thing you see now isn't the scoreboard, and it's not the light towers. It's DraftKings' new two-story gambling facility. I'm not against gambling. I'm not against gambling, not against drinking. I'm not against, if I were running for office, I'd be a pro everything except for, well, I won't get into politics. But the only vice that Major League Baseball isn't making money off of, at least that I know of, to this day, you got gambling and you got drugs. The only vice, yeah, you guys know it. For those of you who have heard me before and talked to me before, you know it. The only vice is, the only billboard you won't see is head over to Sally's for the best in town. They haven't figured out yet, underline it, yet, how to make money on prostitution. It's coming, boys and girls. It's coming. Hey, Wrigley's bought up every building. Why not turn one of them into a brothel? Huh? Go to Pritzker, get the government, the Democratic back. Illinois state legislature to pass, you know, uh, make it lawful to have prostitution. It's lawful in a, in whatever that County is outside of Las Vegas. It, it may be lawful somewhere else. Hell, I don't know. Maybe Utah, but, but I'm not slandering Utah. You folk, you listeners out there, you know, you got minor league baseball. That's fine. I'm not slandering that. I'm not slandering anything. I'm just saying gambling, Weed, the evil weed, you'll let them and smoke them and have a little food out here to satisfy the munchies. We have it all, not at Wrigley. (laughs) The Food is worse than last year, hard to believe. Now, I'm going to go out there, I've got the game on next, a week from Sunday against the Dodgers, looking forward to that, hope to be taking one of my grandkids, that would be Awesome. Because it's a beautiful place to look at, and for a little kids, great. The day before, I want to head out to the bleachers because in the bleachers they actually have food that's good. Because they've got hot dogs, which is like he makes every kind of hot dog you could imagine. I mean, if 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 you still believed in the curse and the Billy Goat, he could take a little of that casing and. St- Stuff it with the goat. Goat meat. They sell goat meat, right? I think. It's like cabrero. No, what's a caballo? I don't know. Mexico. They have what look to be like dogs strung up to go by, and they're tell me they're goats. I don't know. I haven't been to Laredo since I was in my sophomore year of college. That was two or three years ago. Anyway. Boy, are we going off everywhere? Because I want to just take this time to soak in the superior fun baseball season that's going on. And and again, I'll point to the uh, the Rays today. Um, they were down three to one to the Boston Red Sox in the third inning, and one of their pitchers named Kelly. They have two, and the one that wasn't sent to the IL, pitched three or four innings, picked them up and got them to where they, when he left, they were up eight to three. And then uh, I think it's Brandon Lau. I don't, whatever his name is. He came in and just punched one out of the ballpark to the delight of all 21,000 people there. And um, what's cool about that was it took two hours and 38 minutes. The games are going fast and the last two innings were over before I could go into the grocery store and buy a couple things and come back out, game over. Game over, Raves win, 13 in a row, and two hours and 38 minutes. There have been very, 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 very few games, more than three hours, and I don't think any four hours. The only controversy now is will they use the same rule in playoff baseball, and they better. They better, but, you know, they like the little dollar bills, baby. Okay. The little dollar bills gets me to another one of my favorite topics. Another surprise team right now. There are a couple surprise teams. The Brewers were going good, and then they finally looked in the mirror and realized we can't really hit. The Diamondbacks are on fire. Can you believe that? After I lambasted their... President and owner last year. He's put together a team that can last for two weeks. Uh, The Dodgers are just crushing the ball. They don't have a lot of pitching. I think their run differential is plus 74. The Cubs' run differential is plus four, which is shocking. The, uh, oh man. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit. Hey, new lights at Wrigley. That's cool. For you guys and girls that are going to head out to Wrigley, which people do, okay? Here are the Cubs. They basically are a middle of the pack. And if you look at any statistic, they're 20, 21, 22 in pitching, 21, 22, 23, hitting. They have no power. They can't hit many home runs. 33,000, 35,000, 40,000. They just draw. The Mariners came to town. For an afternoon game on Wednesday, the Mariners and the Cubs on a, on a Wednesday afternoon drew thirty five thousand people. The Rays are thirteen and zero on uh, the following uh, Thursday afternoon. Yeah, twenty four hours later, <laughs> hello. They come up with twenty one grand. Unbelievable. Blow up the field, build a stadium with a nice roof like Milwaukee. Just go build Miller Park in a nice part of Tampa or St. Pete. But don't build it where 45 expressways come together and on that little island they have a wobbly-hatted appearing sombrero called the Trop. Anyway, okay, build on that. Yeah, for You know, for the three Rays fans out there, they're delighted to hear this kind of conversation. But we'll shift now. The Cubs went to Cincinnati, and luckily because of the rain, they split that series. And then they went back home to Chicago, and the Rangers came to town, and they won the first two games, and then got blown out in the third game. And the team was going, hey, that's pretty good. You know, we just want to win every series. Okay, that'll get you to the playoffs. Win every series, that'll be six sixty-seven baseball, basically, and uh, that'll that'll get you in first place. Okay, then the Mariners come to town with a power-packed lineup, and the Cubs take two out of three, including the game where in the third inning the Cubs are down seven to nothing. Okay, now if you get on DraftKings. And you bet the Cubs to win, you pro, on a hundred dollar bet, you probably won a hundred thousand dollars. They were 99 point. And this is a, I'm going back to Shrimp Scampi and his percentages. He said, and I believe him because who wouldn't believe Shrimp Scampi? Uh, he gets, he's the ESPN broadcaster on whatever. He said the Cubs were a 99.4% likelihood that they would not win that game. And so for $100, you'd win $100,000, I think. Now, I'm not a gambler. I'd have to get my son on the phone. Told Andrew we're going to do a gambling podcast here because it's baseball season. And what doesn't baseball connote but gambling? Right, Pete Rose? Right, Joe Jackson? Gambling. Yeah. Everybody does it. And uh Wow. I mean, where where have we gone with this gambling stuff? But anyway, and I don't understand it. Negative 113 plus 220. I mean, I, I I think, I don't know what that means. I think that if you bet $100, you only win, I don't know what. Andrew, help me. Anyway, I don't care about it because I'm generally, I did bet on the World Series. We won the first game. We were in Las Vegas, so I go rocking out there with my predictions and the guys I was with thought, Oh yeah, he knows a lot about baseball. Let's just give our money to old Jamie and he'll do fine. So, you know, you got a 50, 50, it's like roulette. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Roulette's only 48%. Now apparently they have a double zero green and a zero green. So the odds are a little lower, but Anyway, so I won the first game, and then they think, wow, you guy really knows what I'm talking about. Why don't we double up? No, let's not double up. Let's just put our money on the uh, Astros again, and they lost. So we broke even. That wasn't too good. Anyway, there's my gambling in baseball. So, Jed Hoyer, the whole situation with the Cubs is nauseating, and you ask why. Well, because I can't get, you know, when people say, get over it, you know, whatever the problem is, you know, you you had a a bad omelet, get over it. You know, your steak was undercooked, sent it back, and then it was overcooked. Get over it. The Cubs giving away Rizzo, Schwarber, Bryant, Baez not to mention you, Darvish, not to mention Robertson, not to mention Kimbrell, not to mention a lot of guys, of which they got nothing in return. This guy they got, uh Wooski or whatever his name is, that got lit up. He was the guy they got for IFAS, or the submariner that got traded to the Yankees for Wisnu- Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Whew. Anyway. God, we don't have a major league pitching staff. Anyway, um, this team could have had Rizzo, Baez, Horner, Bryant, Schwarber, da-da-da-da-da on da, 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 da center field. And, and I like Cody Bellinger. Uh, we got the sweetest swing in baseball. I predict he'll be back, but they, you know, I'm not saying stick with, uh, you go, we go, but, um, and, and Suzuki. Okay. You got to get a free agent somewhere that that would have been a good team, but no, they dumped their all those guys for no reason. Didn't try to keep them. So you, here's the deal. You got five guys like that. Rizzo, Baez, Bryant. Schwarber, and Darvish. For your fans, maybe they they don't care. They've done enough studies that show that fans don't care if the Cubs are good or bad. If that's the case, why why are you paying what you are? You're doubly idiotic for doing that. But assume you're trying to run a team in a major market um, and you're trying to win, okay? You're trying to go to the World Series and you're trying to win the World Series, okay? Let's just assume that that's the goal with Ricketts. I think his dad's alive, so he wants to keep his old man off his ass. Mr. Ameritrade, Mr. (laughs) Pac-Man. He's the head of a really, really, really far-out PAC political action committee. A nice word for how do we butter up to who we believe will be the President of the United States. Okay. Anyway. Forgive me. I branched off. When I got a fork in the road, I took it. May 12th, Yogi Bear's birthday. Anyway, okay. Back back to wherever I was. The Cubs dumping these guys. Yeah, God dang, you're asking, don't you have any new crap? This is old stuff. It is. Plead guilty. I plead, but it's good stuff, right? I mean, it's fun. Uh, buys is hitting a buck thirty, and you go, oh, glad, glad we got rid of him. Uh, Brian's hitting four hundred. Rizzo's hitting three hundred. Schwarber won a home run title last year. Went to the playoffs. Hugh Darvish is a stud pitcher. uh Robertson is you know wiping up save after save. Kimbrells, Kimbrell, they just unloaded a bunch of people. Got nothing. We didn't get grom We didn't get Syndergaard. We didn't get. We got nothing. You know, the Astros, when they got rid of Verlander, they got a lot. When they got rid of uh, what's-his-name, who's the Yankees' number one guy, they got a lot. They knew how to get rid of guys and get stuff. Yeah, they were more wanted maybe. But here we have another gut-wrenching example of what in the world is the president of the Cubs doing Jed Hoyer doing. Why did he not re-sign Wilson Contreras? Why did he just let him go? Why did he not try? He, he God he signed. Contreras went to the enemy. Five years, eighty-five million bucks. Okay. He's got a war, and that's wins against replacement, which I don't understand, but I can read it. His war is almost 21, through the roof. The guy can catch. He's got a 260 lifetime batting average. He has over 100 home runs. He's got a gun for an arm. Can call a good game. He speaks Spanish, which, you know, helps if you have Spanish-speaking guys out there. We So... We pissed him away in the wind. Hasta la vista, Willie, old boy. Now, one of two things I think could have happened. One, they could have traded him for William Contreras, his brother, who was on the all-star team for the Atlanta Braves. And Contreras for Contreras would have been a hoot. Huh? Braves get a good catcher. Cubs get a good catcher. And so he goes to the Brewers, and he's doing pretty good. Uh William is good, and Willie is good, or Wilson, or, what you know, it's like George Foreman's kids. There's my son, George, and my other son, George, and I have seven more sons named George. Well, Contreras sort of family did the same thing. Anyway, 85 million, five years. I would have gotten him to 35 years old, in between 35 and 36. Not bad with the D.H., With a gun. What do they do? They give them to the enemy. Give them to the enemy. Now, they've gotten rid of everybody. I won't go back over all those guys again. From Bryant, Tobias, to Rizzo, Schwarber, Darvish. God, I mean, Castellanos. They got rid of some other guys that are really, really good. They're good enough to play for the Phillies, who went to the World Series. Oh, you know, we don't think that guy's so good. Yeah, he's great. He's playing right field for the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, one after another. Boyer. And Nobody cares, you know? And you used to be able to say, well, you know, they all drink a lot of beer, but you can't drink much beer at Wrigley because the vendors can't serve you fast enough. And their machines don't work. We covered that last time. Okay. I don't want to be redundant, but I generally am. But you know that I'm building a crescendo to make my point because the point is, again, gut-wrenching. If you're a Cub fan, here's the point. They kind of acted like they were going right down the same script as they had done before. You know, try to stay in the race until the trade deadline is an hour away. And then dump our really, really good all-star future potential Hall of Famers for shit. Oop, crap. Can't probably say that. I'm trying to be nice. It looked to me like they were going to pursue that course of action with the guy that I have come to despise. That, personally, he's a good guy. I mean, he's always... He's the... He's the Rizzo of this crowd. He does interviews after every game. He um, donates to the community. He has a fund for um, raising money through his coffee company. He and his wife do a lot of good things. And he seems to be a good guy. And he's, you know, he's uh, okay. He's an okay player. But The Cubs yesterday announced that unlike Bryant, unlike Bias, unlike Rizzo, unlike Schwarber, unlike Castellanos, unlike Darvish, unlike everybody, now, here's a guy we're going to go pay, or shall I say, overpay. He's making $10 million a year. They doubled his salary for the next three years. They're paying him $61 million to extend his contract for three years. My math, And again, I question all my math. 20 million a year. Mr. Contreras, five years, 85 million, comes to what? About 15, 60 less. A catcher they could have had for less money than they paid a mediocre outfielder. An average hitter, more money than the Cardinals, who aren't Shinsy, paid the Willie Wilson contract. Now you say, well, perhaps, perhaps younger. He is only two years younger. They've played the same number of years. I'll double check that, but I think they played the same number of years. Contreras has more home runs than Ian Happ. Contreras has more RBIs than Ian Happ. Contreras is a better defensive player than Ian Happ. Contreras's war, which sabermetricians all think is the end all to end all, is double what Ian Happ's is. Happ's a 10 on a good day, Willie's a 20. The deal made no sense. You can you can go look at baseball reference like I do, and if you care, you probably don't. And here we go again. The Cubs just got screwed by their own incompetence, by Hoyer's own incompetence. Yeah. Now, did they know something about Willie that might have? Maybe he has a you know, uh, domestic issue, which I don't think he does. I'm not, I'm not spreading rumors to our ever tr- increasing crowd on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple. Um, maybe he's hurt. You know, he's hitting a buck seventy-five this year after twelve games. Half's hitting three hundred. Okay, well, let's check out at the All-Star break where they are, and all I'm saying is. I don't know what they're doing. But as I said with what the Royals should be doing, the Cubs should be committing 60 to 65% of their payroll to pitching. It's a no-brainer. Now, whoever, you know, the same is true with developing minor league draft choices that they draft that are pitchers. They can't. Cubs have a tough time doing that. Now, the Rays... Hell, they brought two guys up from their AAA team yesterday in the day and they both they won both games and pitched well. I mean, the Rays have pitching coming out of the wazoo. They have pretty good hitting. The Cubs have neither. I'm telling you, you go, oh, come on, man. The Cubs have a great hitting team. No, they don't. And they sure as heck don't have a pitching staff. They paid... This kid from the Yankees, I, I, I call him Talon, T-A-I-L-L-O-N. Now, he may get good, and then I'll say, well, this guy's great. What a great – you know, because I I flow with the. I'm like the flag at Wrigley, man. Uh, if the wind's in, wind's out. I'm there with it. But this guy, Talon, got lit up in the spring training. He came back. I went to his first game Sunday uh, against the Brewers – Got lit up like a Christmas tree. And then he pitched again the other day and got lit up again. And uh, I'm, he'll be pitching again here soon. You don't hear a thing, a thing about what what's going on with Kyle. What, where is he? You hear a little bit about Suzuki. Uh, Brandon Hughes got lit up last night in, uh, in uh, Iowa. The Omaha... Royals slash Storm Chasers, you know, his ERA is 90. He gave up three runs in an eighth of an inning or third of an inning. Kyle Hendricks, boy, we don't know where he is. He's maybe going to return. So here's Stroman is a good number two. Talon is a good number five. Smiley's a good three. Steele is a good four. So you've got you've got a two, three, and four. Unfortunately, they're the one, two, and three right now. And then you got Talon, or Tyone. You get my French drift, huh? Tyon? Now pitching for the Paris Cubs. Somebody named Tyon? Talon sucks. Now he he may win the Cy Young. Then you can call me on my new hotline and say, what the heck do you know about baseball? And I'd say very little. But I can sure pick out a doggy pitcher. And anyway, that, and then they've given away their bullpen guys. So they got Boxberger, they got uh, Folsom, uh, they've got Merriweather, you know, I don't know. Who are these guys? So, well, you say, hey, man, they're like over 500. That's right. Uh, they've won four, five, well, they five and four. I think that's right. So let's just, you know, let's check out the uh, standings. The Cubs are um, six and five. Sorry. Six wins, five losses. And they're a game and a half behind the Brewers, who are eight and four and have kind of fallen on tough times. They're seven and three for the Brew Crew in their last 10. Pirates are in second place, six and four. And uh, the Cardinals finally got out of the basement by half a game over the Cincinnati Reds. Atlanta tearing it apart. The Mets are okay. Miami with Jorge Soler doing good. The Phillies suck. And the the Nationals, as we predicted, are terrible. The uh, Arizona Diamondbacks 8-5. and Okay, so for all you people say, you know, I can read the standings myself. Why are you wasting my time? You won't read the standings, so I'll read them for you. The Dodgers, uh, their run differential is 24. I can exaggerate every now and then. San Diego's playing bad, but they're 7-6. and six. The uh, Giants are starting to limp along, and the Colorado Rockies just should, as I said, they should move to Las Vegas tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Manfred, if you're listening, move them. Don't even wait for the season to end. Just get the Get the uh, moving truck from the uh, uh, Cincinnati or from the Cleveland Browns and back it up to the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. And nobody's going to, there's other stuff to do in, in Denver and the neighboring communities. You don't need, you don't need the rocks. Really? I'm in favor of eliminating the Rockies. They suck. keep Chris Bryan. Have a, if we could just have like a, um, oh, uh, an expansion draft which is coming because Major League Baseball is going to want to get that. I mean, the expansion fee is going to be $2 billion, I guarantee it. And divide that by 30, chop, chop, licking those chops, huh? John Sherman will say, well, I knew there was a reason I paid a billion dollars to get in this fraternity, and it's finally starting to pay off. Not to mention the baseball contracts. From I mean, the only one that doesn't have a baseball contract is Spotify or Twitter. I don't think Elon Musk has a. Baseball feed, but maybe he owns Amazon now and has a baseball feed. YouTube, Apple. I mean, they all have baseball. That's great. Um, where was I? Minnesota's doing, like, pretty good. The Cleveland Guardians are doing good. White Sox suck, man. they just as bad as they are they their run differential 17, which is kind of a joke. The Detroit Bengals, no, the Detroit uh, Tigers. So Tiger's a Bengal too, right? Yeah. Uh, They're 2-9 and limping along. How in the world does the guy that led the cheating champs have a job? How's that manager do it? Uh, The Angels are in first place. They've only got 150 more games to get Mike Trout to a playoff along with Chohei Atani. Would that be cool or what? And you got the Rangers. You got the Astros limping along waiting for Altuve to get back. The Mariners and then Oakland—they're pitiful. Their salaries pitiful. Their whole team's pitiful. But they play fast now, so it's pretty good. Um, the speed clock's working great, but the shift rule's working even better. No shift makes the game like it used to be when I was an eight-year-old heading off to Comiskey Park with my dad to watch guys in great flannel um, uniforms rock the ball, and at that time. There were some home runs, but the dimensions of down the line at Comiskey Park were 352 feet. That's to get to the left field. That's a poke. You don't have that anymore. You got juiced baseballs, and the balls are flying out. I mean, anybody who says balls ain't juiced is like, yeah, steroids didn't exist. Joe Jackson never bet on baseball. Get over it. Okay, so... This little session is running away. It's awesome. I'm going to take a break, have a little drink, and uh, then we will get back after Tyler plays a little music. And so hold on. If you're on Spotify, SoundCloud, or I send it to you with my autographed uh, link, uh, hold on. We'll be giving away prizes here soon. We'll be getting sponsors soon. Uh, We're going to reach out and get... uh, some new guys, I keep saying that, you know, I'll do it. That's it for now. First break. Come back on the live side of baseball, and we will talk about something other than Jed I promise. We are back with the final segment of On the lighter Side of Baseball and uh, for the day. No, don't get your hopes up. We're continuing to forge through this wonderful season, and I'm excited. It's a great season, and uh, it's the games go fast. I mean, it's fun. It's really fun. I mean, there's some innings that last way less than the commercial. And uh, the pitchers seem to have bought into it. Now I don't, you know, I don't go around and talk to any of these guys, but I mean, there are very few um, incidents that we're that we finding out about the, uh, the pitch clock. So the field time coordinator, the FTC, sits up in the press box and presses buttons, and then the umpire feels the vibration and he stops. And there, I don't think there have been any injuries. The players being called off at the end for a pitch clock violation, many, many, many more pitch clock violations than batters not being ready with eight seconds to go violations. And so the game's moving along and the players finally realize, Hey, you know what? If you take all the time we're saving times 162 games, I'm off my feet 10 or 15% more of the time than I was ever before. And, uh, so that's a good thing. Extend my career, make more money, and get traded away from the Cubs. So that that's those are all good things. Okay. Changing the subject away from the Cubs, we're talking about two things that are very special to most baseball fans, including me. On April 15th, which is typically Hacks Day, not this year. Um, I think Tax Day is now, for all you people out there, April 18th, because I think uh, the country celebrating the uh, that Monday that would be the first day after the Sunday, the 15th, if Sunday is the 15th, I think it's when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by the 16th President of the United States, not other than President Abraham Lincoln. I think that's the deal. I'm not looking at any notes on that one. I'm just guessing. So on that day, Major League Baseball, as you know, is designated that day, April 15th, to be Jackie Robinson Day. Every team has retired the number 42, in, unless, you, unless you watched the um, World Baseball Classic. And then I believe it was Jose, it was... Uh, Lindor, I believe, was wearing number 42, but I'm not positive. I don't want to batmouth him, and he probably thought it was cool. Uh, nobody in the Major League Baseball, you know, wears number 42, except every player in Major League Baseball on April 15th wears number 42 in honor of none other than Jackie Robinson, who not only... Uh, broke the color barrier in the Major League Baseball, soon to be followed by Larry Doby, who broke the color barrier in the American League. He was also a, um activist in the Civil Rights Movement and also an activist in, uh, in many, many, many organizations and movements uh, promoting African American uh, lives, which, uh, not to be confused with what's happening now, but Jackie was a uh, um a pioneer uh, and some people thought that he should do and say more and be more radical than he was he wasn't radical he was a soft spoken guy but I mean he was right there with Martin Luther King on a lot of a lot of events he broke the color barrier and um you know a big day a big day a big event a tremendous guy now on a personal note I've got what I consider to be my favorite of many, many favorite baseball cards, the 1953 Jackie Robinson tops card is just, oh, the whole set is beautiful. For you folks that should be interested a little bit, you can learn a lot about baseball by buying baseball cards. It's not for little kids. Buy your grandkids baseball cards. It's just a great way. And now with fantasy baseball, that's even a better way to get, um, your grandkids in, interested in baseball when they're eight or nine years old. Before that, man, I mean, they're they're starting T-ball at six, machine pitch at seven around here. That's brutal. Kids have no clue. They're going to go home and say, I don't like this sport. Let me play soccer, which is fine. Back to Jackie. So Jackie um, not only did all the things he did, but, and I'm looking at a, a, a photograph of Jackie Robinson signed by Yogi Berra because Berra was applying a tag or trying to apply a tag when Jackie Robinson stole home in the World Series against the Yankees. He was safe. Yogi protested, but no uh, no video re- review, and uh, Jackie was safe. Anyway, I don't have to tell Jackie Robinson. He just meant a lot of things to a lot of people, and uh Spanned the bridge between the Negro leagues and the major leagues. And ironically, many would say that by Branch Rickey signing Jackie Robinson to a contract to play for Montreal in the minors as just a prelude to coming to Brooklyn was the death knell, the beginning of the end of the Negro league uh, as we knew them in the 30s, 40s, and into the 50s. Ernie Banks, Hank Aaron, uh, some of the other great African American players bridged that gap as well. After Jackie and Larry Doby uh, got in, but it's you know it's an interesting part of history. Um, the the movies and documentaries and books you can read about the Negro Leagues um, make you amazingly appreciate what these guys endured. And it's not even believable, you know, it's just hard to believe, uh, as a person growing up in, uh, in the 50s and 60s. Um, now looking back, it's just hard to believe what, what they went through. And, and you can multiply that by probably a thousand of what people that didn't play baseball the way that the, Negro League players played didn't have that right they were just regular old guys like you and me, and they had it a lot worse than than you can imagine i bet and and Jackie kind of um, symbolizes how he and millions of others have been able to transcend the bigotry that um, affected them in the forties and fifties and before, but anyway. So I mean Jackie Robinson Day, you should talk about this kind of stuff. It 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 does exemplify uh, where we were as a country and where we are now as a country, and have we changed that much? And I mean some of the ideas and things that they went through, and I have no problem talking about them because it makes you feel sort of uh, well not sort of, it makes you feel like oh man, I mean if just shame of it all for. You know, segregated water fountains, segregated bathrooms, segregated buses, segregated schools, segregated everything. George Wallace's of the world refusing to allow African-Americans to attend the University of Alabama and Tuscaloosa or wherever the hell it is. I mean, and we think we've come a long way until we haven't. <laughs> I mean, and uh, Jackie Robinson Day, getting back to baseball, is a way to uh, reflect on the good things that Uh, the so-called minorities have achieved and accomplished in uh, the United States and in the sports world, okay? And uh, baseball now has a very minute number of African-Americans and the owners like Jerry Reinsdorf and the owners like Tom Ricketts who promote inner city Baseball for kids that are not able to afford travel teams—pretty cool. Pretty cool what they've done, especially uh, Mr. Reinsdorf. And now the the first kid to sign to get drafted in the first round from uh, the Chicago White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf's Aces program was drafted by the Chicago Cubs. Ironic as it is. So April 15th, mark it down. It's it's fun to listen to the pregame and maybe learn a little bit about how he and others persevered. I know that Billy Williams has the same kind of stories, that he was fed up. He had it, couldn't take it anymore, went home to Whistler, Alabama, of all places, wherever the hell Whistler is, in the great state of Alabama. And he said to his mother, and most of those guys did talk, a lot with their mothers about life and where they were going and what they were doing, he told her he was done he couldn't do it couldn't take the couldn't take what he was experiencing and uh, she said basically what I'm sure lots of mothers said to their kids in those situations, you know Jackie did this for you, so get your butt back to the Cubs and suck it up and that leads me to another event that we're going to be talking about and I'll say celebrate Um, you know I'll call it celebrate the life of uh, Dave Nelson who had similar stories as Billy Williams and Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and Um, Jackie Robinson Uh, as I've said before Dave came up got signed by the Cleveland Indians uh, turned down a Notre Dame football deal got wanted to play baseball and uh, went into the Cleveland minor league system and started in Dubuque, Iowa and I'm not saying this is indicative of people in Dubuque, Iowa Back in the 60s. But, um, you know, again, the Civil Rights Act was not passed until, I believe, 1963, four, or five. I should know that. The Voting Voting Rights Act was not passed until 1968. And by the way, it's been eroded by the current Supreme Court and failure to act by the it's amazing how these things tie up. And, you know, if you, I don't care what your political affiliation is, it's, I'm talking in the context of baseball and what these guys went through. So for Dave, people would come out and, and fill bottles with urine and throw them on you know, him after a game. Literally, had P thrown his way on numerous occasions in Dubuque, couldn't find a place to live. He'd look in the paper for, you know, a little small bedroom for him and this other guy on the team. And uh, they couldn't find anything. And I told you that finally, Dave, and it personifies his personality. He kept going back to this place that he thought would be pretty convenient and nice. And you could see the lady in there, the owner, But she wouldn't answer the door. And she was the one that was advertising this apartment. And she's probably never seen a black person in her life. I don't know if that's true or not. But she wouldn't come to the door. Next day, Dave comes back, sees her in the house, knocks on the door. She won't answer. And this time, he's got like a box of candy. (laughs) Holy, holy, yeah. Only Nellie would think of that. So she doesn't answer, comes back the third day. Because the manager's saying, hey, have you found a room for yourself and Fred, the other black guy on our team? And Dave goes, no, nope, try Goes back the next day, knocks on her door, sees her, he's got the candy. And now he's got a dozen roses. And so she comes to the door and cracks the door. What do you want? And he goes, well, I'd like to talk to you about renting your room for myself and this other guy on our baseball team. And Nellie could schmooze anybody, and he eventually schmoozed her. And and I've told this story in season one or two or maybe three and four. But anyway, he got the room, and and, uh, she became one of Dave's best friends and came every time when Dave was with the Indians – the Senators, the Texas Rangers, or the Chicago White Sox, she would mark on her calendar when he would be in town, and they would go see each other. So that's cool. So that's Nellie. On the uh, 18th, we'll have Dwayne Statz, who partnered with Nellie on the Cubs broadcasts in 1988 and 89. We'll talk some fun Dave Nelson stories. There's a million of them. Oh my God. I mean, there's just always a different story. And we'll try to get a few buddies from, uh, from the old days. I told you I went to Ajo Al's in Scottsdale, where Dave and his good buddy, who soon became his roommate, Tommy lived. And they went to, uh, Ajo Al's and Tommy actually worked there. And, uh, that's cool. Murph. We'll try to get Murph. From, uh, Rhode Island, wherever the heck he's hanging. He probably won't go back to Rhode Island until it's uh, hurricane season and, uh, some other, some other folks to, uh, talk. And then we'll try to get, uh, Greg Kashan, who's working double duty with the, uh, Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks as they start uh, their run to the NBA championship. Hopefully for the Bucks, <laughs> the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls amazingly won the play they have a play in game. (laughs) I mean remember back in the old days, it was funny, there was a there was some little note in Sports Illustrated that said the NBA plays eighty one games to eliminate Cleveland from the playoffs. Everybody else is in. And uh now there's like ten teams that make it and there's a play in game in each league. So the Bulls beat the Raptors on uh Canadian soil last night. And, uh, what you know, show them what they won, Bob. Well, the Bulls won seven, possibly seven games with the Miami Heat. Uh, it might take five, but I doubt it. They need to win on the road. Luckily, four games for Miami. The Bulls seem to do better on the road. I don't know if the rims are weird. You know, Mr. Randstaff needs to look into the rims at uh, the United Center. I don't know. They don't win at home very often. Now, that's just an observation that I really... I don't follow the the Bulls. The other team in Chicago right now that's playing are the Blackhawks, and they're getting kind of ripped for how they treated Patrick Kane on his departure. They gave him a, his going-away tribute was in the parking lot adjacent to uh, the United Center. I'm not kidding. It wasn't like, you know, showing Patrick Kane highlights and having – Rocky Wertz bring down a couple dozen roses and thanking him and presenting him with a key to the city from Mayor Lightfoot, who was de uh, Lori Lightfoot out as mayor of Chicago. I don't know if you folks follow Chicago politics, but Lori was about as popular as the billy goat at Wrigley Field. Let me tell you, she didn't play to a, a warm crowd, and we went out opening day at Wrigley a couple years ago you know, there couldn't have been more than ten thousand people because of COVID. She got soundly booed. I mean, she just was in way over her head. And I'm not—I'm uh, not talking about anything that anyone who doesn't know. But Brandon Johnson, the new mayor-elect of the city of Chicago, and he gave a uh, what I would characterize in his victory speech. He sounded more like a member of the uh, students for a democratic society or the black Panthers. I mean, in a nice way, I'm not saying he was advocating violence. He was number one, he was pumped up. He was excited that, that he won. He was excited that he won with the backing of the Chicago public schools because he was a teacher. And, um, I don't know what he's like, but from that speech, I'm going, oh, my God, he's going to, you know, I'm not sure what he's going to do. But since that speech, I've heard him speak on a couple of occasions, and he's, I think he's going to be good. And he's a big-time sports lover, youth sports, coaches his kids, is friends with Reinstorf, friends with Rickas, wants the teams to succeed, and he wants to keep the Bears. That's where I was going with this. The other Chicago sports team, and I'm not talking about soccer or the WNBA. My god, I have enough time keeping track of the White Sox and the Cubs. But here's a little bit of the Bears. Um, he is dedicating uh his efforts to trying to figure out how to blow up Soldier Field and rebuild it. Okay? I, mean, I gotta move back to Wrigley. I mean, at least with the new lights. Now, this is cool, the new lights at Wrigley. They are, it's the first time they've had LED lights. Can you believe that? So they don't take forever to warm up. So they can flick them on and off at the end of the game. The Brewers did the same thing the other night. They won and the lights came on and off. And even that on the light standards, when the Cubs win, they turn out all the lights and there's a shape of a W. Huh? For the win. The win flag is duplicated by the light system at Wrigley Field. Very cool. Now, it's not as cool as the Tampa Bay Rays. Let me tell you. It's awesome. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that only a few people go to the game to experience it. But every time there's a home run, it's like scoring a goal in hockey. And you know how that? It's like a foghorn. I can't describe it any other way. But some of my buddies around that listen to the show, they're hockey guys. And I mean... It is cool, and then I think they do it at the end of the game, so that's cool. You know, it's it's better than putting a cape on Mike Trout or Shohei Heyatani, But hey, whatever works, whatever works. For you baseball card guys out there, and I recommend buying them for your grandkids. There's a show now on Saturday or Sunday. You can tape it. It's on MLB Network called Carded. It talks about you know some int- they had a guy that had an unbelievable collection of cards be- really from before there were baseball cards before there was tops before there was tobacco cards this guy had a collection of negro league cards from the 1900s and the 1890s pretty cool but the featured guest next week is mookie wilson who hit the ball under Bill Buckner's legs and won the, a game that led to the Mets coming back, the Miracle Mets in 1986, beating the Boston Red Sox and winning the World Series. So Mookie did what I did. He opened up a pack of old baseball cards, but for him, he could talk about these guys personally, whereas I'd have to open up a pack of cards, and it would be... Rare that I'd know them. But remember, for those of you who listened a couple weeks ago, I tried that. I opened it, and then I was going to put it into my app that showed the money, and that didn't work. But one card I got um, is an MVP Cal Ripken card. It's cool, very cool card, and uh, that's probably worth all that I paid for that little case of cards. Then there was another rated rookie, Jack McDowell. Now, I can talk about these guys. And, uh, you know, if you guys are falling asleep, play the end of this and it'll put you over the edge. Black Jack, hell of a pitcher, hurt his arm, mean. I'm telling you what, if if Randy Rosarina crossed his arms now, Black Jack would put it right through the old noggin. I mean, he was like Bob Gibson. These guys, that era, you know, he played um, 1987. Sakar he had a this was his first year he had a um, 1.9 ERA, and he would have played. We had our guest last week, Mike Diaz, who got traded before he went to Japan. In that era uh, of Johnny Cangelosi, Ron Karkovice, Daryl Boston, Kenny Williams. Now Boston didn't go with Nelly and my pro sink, but the other guys did for a while. Another guy in that pack. MVP, Paul Molitor. Okay? Now, Molitor not only played with the Twins, but he played for the Brewers, and he had a really good career, and this was early in his career. This card is from 1987 when he was with the Brewers, and, um, you know, by now, he's on his way to the Hall of Fame, and his career average after 1987 was... He had... um, a two ninety seven batting average, so not not quite Hall of Fame material yet. Then we had Mickey Brantley, who I sort of have heard of, Tom Yeta, who I really didn't hear of, Jose Nunez, who was pretty good. He had a five point ERA with the Blue Jays. Eric Davis, who is one of the more valuable baseball cards. Whenever you open a set, not that you guys are gonna run on get set. But if you're like me, you go go get your old sets. you open some sets up. Eric Davis was a big, hot card. Now, um, this guy was so good, and he was off to a Hall of Fame career, and he um, unfortunately was slowed down and ultimately had to quit baseball because of uh, blood disease, which I think was uh, leukemia. Uh, then they've got these little Diamond King caricatures of this one of Scott Fletcher and Scotty. I think I told you, um, great guy. And Nellie and I tried to, um, steal him away from his agents, but he was too loyal. Son of a gun. John Candelaria, good big time pitcher for not only the Mets, but I believe the Pirates and the Angels. Pretty cool. His uh ERI. Was 3.2 at that point. And that was after about five years in baseball. That's pretty good. Candyman. John Candelaria. Another Mike Diaz guy. Uh, Mike Brumley. eh, Terry Leach. I think he played football at the University of Michigan. Let's see. You know, they always have a little deal on the back. Um, Was not on the Mets roster. scoreless, Da-da-da-da-da. Doesn't have anything to do with his baseball or his football at Michigan. I think he quarterbacked right before Tom Brady. Huh? Let's go with that. Um, Tom Newell. Don't know him. Randy Byers. Don't know him. Jim God, I've heard of. Harry Spillman I haven't heard of. And then a the little puzzle piece. So that was my pack of 19, I want to say, 88 Dunruss. Pretty cool pack. Probably worth 40 bucks. Huh? That's what I'll call it, along with Cal. So that was fun. Um, so we're going to uh, do a little research on Nellie. We're going to do a little broadcast, podcast with Dwayne, try to get Craig on the air and a surprise guest. So that is it from beautiful Oakbrook, Illinois. We'll be heading to Kansas City in two weeks. Uh, at the same time, the Bears front office heads to Kansas City, along with the other third, other 29 NFL franchise front offices to conduct the 2023 NFL first-year player draft. Kansas City, absolutely. I'm not going there for that reason, but I'll be there. And the barbecue places will be hopping. I will not be on a diet. I will do at least three barbecues. One of them will be Arthur Bryant's, which will be packed because of the draft. Packed could be the first time in 30 years there's a line out the door. I'm going to do Oklahoma Joe's at the original Oklahoma Joe's at the gas station. And then I'm going to do one other one that I like, but isn't as famous and, uh, We'll talk about that later. But, man, oh, man, they just came out with the top 10 barbecue places in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about those sometime. But uh, Kansas City is going to be hopping. Hope the weather's good. The Negro League Museum will be booming. Bob Hendrick, Kendrick, who was on this show once, won't call me back. Ooh, Bob, you know, come on, man. I'm a good guy to talk to. I don't shut up. Anyway, maybe that's why he wanted to talk more. Um, that's it for on the latter side of baseball. We'll be back next week with Wayne's stats and hopefully Craig Kishan and maybe some of Dave Nelson's friends. So until then, Jamie Rutsky, on the latter side of baseball. Wishing you all stripe it down the middle, hit the links. I'm going to hit the links tomorrow. It's 80 degrees in Oakbrook in April. Holy moly! It is time to celebrate and celebrate. We will. So until next week, go out and have a great afternoon and watch some featured baseball. Uh, If you're a night owl tonight, the Brewers take on the Padres in a late game, and I believe the Cardinals are in action, so you might be able to see Wilson Contreras, who the Cubs just let get away. You heard that one before, didn't you? Anyway, that's it for now. Have a great day, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, and we hope you are well.